highest of heights to the depths of the sea. And she caves in and she is all in. And so not only did she hear the word of God, but she took it into her own heart and it didn't stop there and it never should. And she went to the village. She spoke to everybody about this Jesus. Could this be the Christ? He told me all that I ever did, proving that he's God. Every creature's unique in a song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable, you place the Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. The Samaritan woman was impressed by the love of Jesus that she now sought out her fellow villagers even when they had treated her as an outcast before. If she had avoided the company of her fellow citizens before, she was a changed woman now. She must seek them out and share her news with them. If anyone is a believer in Christ, they can remember when they were first saved and they had that excitement and desire to share the good news. As believers, we should never lose that desire. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Amen. Glad you could join us this morning. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 4. We've been in John chapter 4 for a couple weeks here. And uh, there's a lot in this chapter, and I don't apologize for going through it a little, uh, taking us a little longer, but... Let's go ahead and look at, we're going to finish the chapter and we'll take communion today. Let's look at uh, verse 27, uh, just until verse 42. Uh, I'll read that to you and then we'll get right into the word. And so uh, it says, at this point, Jesus, as you remember, is ministering to a woman in Samaria. The Bible says that he must needs, in the King James, he must needs go through Samaria. And we know why that is, because there was a woman here at the well who had an encounter with Jesus, and, and through her, God would reach many other people in Samaria as well. And so Jesus had a plan and a purpose, as he always does. He, do, he does nothing by mistake. He does nothing by happenstance. Everything is ordered. He understands all things. And so he's speaking to this woman. He reveals himself that he is the Messiah to her. And then he goes on, and it, and it says in verse 27, And then at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? And the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And then they went out to the city, out of the city, and came to him. And in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, 
My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. And then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Father, we just thank you for your word. And Lord God, we pray that, Lord, you would just write it on our hearts today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The title of this morning's message is Faith Comes by Hearing the Word of God, and it's a very fitting title Because we know that in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, it gives us a definition of what faith really is, what biblical faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Think about that. It is the the, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So you hope for it. There's there's an anticipation, a, a, a... awaiting, if you will, for something that is coming, and yet you have the evidence. And evidence is, solid, is, is evidence, isn't it? It's, it's right before you. So it's this interesting mix of something that's hoped for and also an understanding because it's God who makes the promises, you have the evidence in your heart that he is going to bring it to pass. That's what faith is. It's not just blind faith. There's no such thing as blind faith when it comes to the Lord. You're, when, when, you're, when you're believing in what he said, you can count everything on it. You can sell your house and put the proceeds on that, on that promise. All right, That's how sure it is. God's promises are sure. And when we believe in him, we are basically depositing money in our account, in a sense. And notice what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 7. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing true faith because belief or when we believe it is equivalent to faith. When we have a, when we believe in Jesus, it's because we've been given the faith or that we have the faith to believe in him. And I believe he even gives that to us, the capacity to believe, to have faith. It's his faith and he gives it to us. And we have to exercise that faith from time to time. Hopefully we do it more often than not. But in the passage we're going to look at this morning, there are three events concerning those who heard the word. Remember, that's the theme. They heard the word and they believed. They heard the word and they believed in Jesus. The first time we hear it is is with the Samaritan woman. And she gets marvelously saved. She believes in Jesus by faith. 
So she hears the word of God who is standing right before her, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That word is Jesus Christ, God incarnate. He was standing right there before this woman, and he tells her the truth, not only about who he is, but also about her sin nature. And she caves in, and she is all in. And so not only did she hear the word of God, but she took it into her own heart, and it didn't stop there, and it never should. And she went to the village. She spoke to everybody about this Jesus. Could this be the Christ? He told me all that I ever did, proving that he's God. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He knew events about her that no one could have known, that she'd been married five times before, and the man she's now with is not her husband either. And boy, didn't that put the finger on her, you know? And so she caves and she tells everyone about this Jesus. And then in this chapter 2, we're going to see a nobleman who lives in Capernaum, but he happened to be visiting Cana at the time, and his son was back home in, in Capernaum, and he was sick near to death. And Jesus spoke to this man and said, Your son is healed. And he had to travel some 20 miles in very rough terrain down back to Capernaum to find that his son did indeed live. At the same moment that Jesus spoke those words, his servants told him that was the very hour that the fever left his son. And so we have the word of God speaking. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. See, faith doesn't just come by hearing just anything, because true biblical faith comes by hearing the word of God. And there's something about the word of God that I believe is miraculous because when we hear the word of God, all of heaven is on our side to have it take root in our hearts and change us forever towards Jesus. Has that happened to you? I know that it's happened to me. And um, when we hear the truth of of the word of God, doesn't it ring true in your heart? When I first heard the word of God, I remember that I had heard it many other times before. There was one young man, his name was David Rickards. <laughs> and he was a, a young man in our, in our middle school. And his, his dad was a Baptist preacher there on Pine Island where I grew up. And David would always tell me the gospel. He was always telling me about the word of God. And I knew it was true. Every time he told me, I was convicted. I knew it. But I chose to turn my back and go my own way. And finally, one day, miracle of miracles, another young man tells me the same thing. And at that point, I'm just like, you know what? I am so sick of my life. Because that what I was involved in at that time, I was living in sin. I was, um, and, and, and you just get to the point, doesn't it? It's like, it's like cancer in the bones. You get to the point where you're just like, you know what? I am done with this. The devil has been beating me around. I've been, fo- I've been listening to his tunes and following the Pied Piper. And what has it got me? Nothing but heartache and sorrow. And you get to a point, don't you? Have you gotten to that point? I, I believe most of you, hopefully all of you have. And if you haven't, today's the day to come to an end of yourself and give your life to Christ. But I came to that point where the word of God, I couldn't excuse it anymore. I couldn't excuse my sin anymore. I had to give it up. I had to give it up. I love what it says in Isaiah. It says, for as the rain comes down and from and comes comes down and the snow from heaven 
and returns not there, but waters the earth, and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Here's the verse I'm looking for is, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. It shall prosper in the thing where it is sent. And isn't that true of our own hearts? God knows exactly what he's doing. And when he speaks a word, it's really, it behooves us to listen to him. The creator of all things, the, the God of, of the heavens. You know, there's no one, you know, the devil is not equal with God. Some people think that there's this yin and the yang thing from the Eastern mysticism. But guess what? It's not true. God is the sovereign potentate of the universe. Satan is a created being. Read it for yourself in Ezekiel 28. He's a created being. He's no match for God. God is on the throne. Everybody smile. He is on the throne. Even now, in the midst of all the mess in our country, he is on the throne and he is set. His throne, I love it, is set in heaven. And nobody is big enough to knock him off that throne. Like to see you try. My God is bigger than your God. Remember that when you were little? Oh yeah, well my old man can beat up your old man. Oh yeah! Well in this case, yes, but I wouldn't call him my old man. My God is bigger than your God. Lowercase g, by the way. His is an uppercase g. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Amen? But notice, you believe it shall prosper where it is sent to it. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to look at a couple of a handful of verses just briefly, but we're going to look at the life of Abraham. Because you remember, after Abraham heard the word of the Lord, and this was in the very beginning when God called him out of modern-day Iraq, the Ur of the Chaldees, that's modern-day Iraq. And what did God say to Abraham? While he was living in this pagan, idolatrous country, this, this place, The Lord called him out. The Lord spoke to him. Word of God speak. That's why we chose the song this morning. God spoke to him. What did the Lord say to him? He said to Abram in verse 1, The Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will also curse him who curses you. You better be careful about your stance on Israel. Christian, you know, there, never mind, here we go. There's a lot there. That, that phrase is very potent, and we could, uh, anyway. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in, your, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so what happened? What happened as the word of God spoke to him? Did he say, oh, that's nice, but I got other plans. I kind of like it here. I got this lake, I got this house by the, you know, the... Um, the river here, I don't need to go anywhere. No, I'm pretty content here. Thank you, but, you know, have a nice day. No, he responded to the word, and good for him, because Abraham would be blessed. He would be blessed. God would make sure of it. Notice the result of God speaking to him. What happened? Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Hebron. But he obeyed, he heard the word, he obeyed, he engaged. Turn with me to now Genesis chapter 15. Just a few pages over to your right. 
Look with me at Genesis 15. This is after Abraham rescued Lot. What does it say in verse 1? After these things, notice, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord, what, if, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Look, you've given me no offspring. I'm an old man. You haven't given me anything, Lord. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, notice what happened. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, and here it is, This one shall not be your heir, Abram, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Are you kidding me? At, at my age and, my, and Sarah at her age? Yes. Then he brought him outside and he said, Look now toward heaven. And count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. And notice the response of Abram here. What did he do? Did he shrug it off? Did he think it's no big deal? No, he believed in the Lord. The word of God spoke and he responded with belief, with with faith. He believed God. And notice, here's the marvelous thing. And God, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. You believe God, he accounts that to you for righteousness. Well, don't I have to do, you know, have the bake sale and, you know, save up the money for the, for the widow and help her across the street and get her groceries? All that stuff is fine and good, but believing in God is the main thing. He believed in God and he accounted it to him for righteousness. If that was the only thing Abram did, God would be pleased with him. <laughs> he believed God. Do you believe God? Do you believe his word? You know, we read it. We've read so much in his word. We read, read the book of Revelation. We went through it. It took us a year and two months to get through the book of Revelation. Do you believe those words written in that? Do you know what's coming? Do you believe that it's coming? Do you believe that the Lord's going to rapture the church before that happens? Hallelujah. And yes, I'm looking forward to escaping that. Anybody who wants to be here during that should really seek counsel. And maybe even some medication. Okay, No, I want to escape what's coming. And Jesus said, I have not appointed my, my, my church to wrath, but to obtain salvation. So Abraham believed God. In John chapter 6, you don't have to go here. Let me just read it to you. John chapter 6, verse 28, it says, um, the, the multitude speaking to Jesus says, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered them, and he said this, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. In other words, here is the work of God. Believe in me. Believe in me, because God the Father has sent me. Believe in me. That is the work of God. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. This is a chapter that we know very well, and it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And I hope I never have to go through this, but honestly, I think that this was one of those watershed moments in Abraham's life that really catapulted him into a whole different relationship with the Lord. Read with me what it says in verse 1. It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. He tested him, and he said, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering as, as on one of the mountains, I will tell you. And so Abram rose early in the morning, and he saddled his donkey, and he took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. And he arose, and he went to the place which God had told him, which is, by the way, the Temple Mount, for those of you who are curious. That sacrifice that was going to happen right where Abraham was is where the Temple Mount is today. And that's why Solomon built his temple there. And you'll see why in just a few moments. 
It says, Then the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and the lad and I will go yonder and worship. Notice, the pro, you know, circle this word, and we will come back to you. Wait a minute, I thought God told you to take your son and offer him as a burnt offering on Mount Moriah. Why did he say, we are going to come back to you? I think, I think Abram, Abraham knew something here. He knew, because remember, back in uh, chapter 15 that we just read, we didn't read all of it, but God said, through your seed, through your seed, uh, the, the, the nations of the, are, are going to be a blessing. You're going to be a blessing, and, and your, your, your seed and your descendants are going to be like the sand of the sea, like the stars in the sky. So if that is true, and this is my only son, then God, you've got a real big problem here. Because if all my descendants are supposed to come from him, and you've asked me to take him and offer him as a burnt offering, you're basically negating all the promises that you told me. Do you, do you follow me? So this is a really huge deal. And honestly, I don't know how I would respond. Think of that. Abraham knew that this was pagan idolatrous kind of things. He, he, he knew God would not sanction this kind of behavior. That's what the pagans did. And not only that, he knew God's voice enough to say, Lord, I know you're speaking to me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't like it. And I know you don't like it, but I'm going to follow through because I believe in what you've told me. And if, you're to- if you told me to sacrifice my son, then you've got something else in mind that I can't possibly understand right at this moment. But I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm going to follow you. And so Abraham took, verse 6, the wood of the burnt offering, laid his son Isaac on it. Now Isaac, by this time, is a young man in his prime. This is not some little baby boy. You know, um, Isaac at this time is, a, is, a, is, is probably in his late teens. And he willingly laid his life down. Isn't there a wonderful type there of Jesus? He willingly laid down his life. I wonder what that, if there was a struggle at all. I wonder if Isaac trusted his father enough to say, because <laughs> you know what he says. He says, his son says, Father, and Abraham said, Here, my son. He said, Look, the fire and the wood, but there's no lamb for a burnt offering. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together, and they came to the place where God had told him. And you know what happened. He had bound him, and Abraham stretched his hand with the knife, and he was about ready to plunge it into the chest of his son. But the angel, verse 11, called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And I bet he's going, Oh, thank God. Think about slaying your only son, your only daughter. Think of it. Put yourself in that position. I don't know that I could have done that, honestly. You'd really have to be confident that you're hearing from the Lord and not just a voice in your head. And is that voice God or is it the voice the devil? <laughs> you better be sure. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do any harm to him. Now I know. Now God knew that. God knew ahead of time where Abraham's faith was, but Abraham need to, needed to know where he really was. And there, oh, there's only one way to find out, and that's to go through the tests. There's only one way. God knew that. But he says, now I know. In fact, Abraham, I knew before. But you had no idea. But now you do. Now you know where your faith is. 
And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket. And we know what happened. And so they offered up the ram instead. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord Will Provide. The Lord Will Provide. It was, a, it was a, a, an acting out, if you will, of what was going to happen thousands of years in the, in the future. From this point, another father would offer his son, his only son, on the same place. God the Father would offer Jesus, his son, on the cross. And he willingly laid down his life. Amen. That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.